Sammy. And this is the Holistic Heart Podcast, the place for all things therapy and mental health. We know navigating the human experience can be as challenging as it is beautiful. So we wanted to create a space where we can dive deep into self-exploration, normalize the struggle, and hold space for hard topics and conversations. We are so excited to have you join us on this journey. Hello and welcome to the Holistic Heart Podcast. I'm Sammy and I'm here with Kristen. Hi. (laughs) And today we're going to talk about something that finds its way intricately into all of our lives and relationships, and that is communication. And more specifically for our conversation today, exploring constructive ways that we can navigate communication within our relationships and all of the lovely dynamics that that can include <laughs> all the ways that that can go awry. <laughs> that's, that's Maybe we, not all the ways. I don't know if we ever would have enough time for that <laughs> story. I feel like that's what this is inspired by though. It's like this miscommunication happens so often in relationships and like romantic relationships, but also friendships, family dynamics, coworker, really like literally all relationships obviously involves some level of communication, right? And it's so common for miscommunications to happen. Mm-hmm. And that can really impact like our quality of life experiences because we're relational beings. And so when we feel dissonance in our relationship context, it impacts our felt sense of well-being. And so communication is actually really uh, effective way to, you know, sort of improve the quality of our relationships and then our sense of well-being overall as a result. So it felt like an important one. And also yeah. like, I don't know, I feel like it just comes up literally all the time, like on some level every day. Oh, absolutely. And like you said too, in all different forms of relationships. And I think that too, in all different forms of communication, um, like ways that we communicate. So I'm thinking of not only verbal communication, but like texting and emails and different things like that. And how much specifically miscommunication, um, presents itself. And it's like, it's kind of like, if you guys have, you know, ever had a miscommunication in your life, when you reflect on it, sometimes when you have that hindsight, it can give you that 2020 perspective of like, Oh, this is what happened. But I think it's like, when we are able to spend more time exploring our own communication patterns and understanding that of um, those around us too. I think, especially in close relationships, it's helpful to reduce the amount of miscommunication that happens. And we are all walking through life, understandably and necessarily seeing things from our own perspective, right? Like that's our worldview is through our own lens of experience. And that is quite often the catalyst for misunderstanding because we can make a very um, unintentional and often, very often unconscious assumption that other people are looking at things the way that we're looking at things or that they have the same information that we have, or they make the same associations that we do. And so we put our own lens on what we hear from other people. 
right? Not necessarily hearing it from their lens or their worldview or what they're meaning by it. And so, so often, I don't know if this happens for you, Sammy, um, but when I do couples therapy in particular, I can, you can like literally watch this happen. And I'm sure if someone were watching me interact with my partner or someone that I love, um, that you'd be able to watch it happen to me also, (laughs) but that I watch this experience of like, literally these two people are saying the same thing and they're fighting about it. Like, like, you're like, do you know that you're saying the same thing? But there's this experience of like one person, like it's just going really past the other person. Like I'm moving my hands, like one over the other. It's like, we just missed each other. Two ships passing in the night. (laughs) Like we are actually talking about the same thing, but we're really hearing each other in very different ways. And something that I notice a lot within that dynamic is that people um, can often, like we so deeply want to be understood, right? I think Mm -hmm. that's one of, like, I know that we talk about love as like a core, being loved as like a core human need. And of Mm -hmm. course it is, like we need to feel loved. Sure. But I think right alongside that is a need to feel understood. And that oftentimes feeling understood is how we feel loved in many ways. It's like, okay, you really get me. You hear where I'm coming from. You understand. And like, we just, it creates a sense of safety where Mm -hmm. you feel like you don't have to over explain or get defensive or, um, or just defend your point because the other person is interested in hearing your point of view and they get it. Um, and so that's why we seek out people who understand, right. But often I can find in that dynamic that I was describing in like couple (laughs) sessions or, um, in miscommunications in general, I find that like both parties are fighting to be understood Mm-hmm. And neither necessarily taking the stance of trying to understand, right? So yes. it feels like we're both getting louder saying, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And nobody's mm-hmm. the listening or the hearing or the validating of like, yes, I hear you. I get where you're coming from. And I often offer that to clients as a way to like build constructive communication and mm-hmm. start with empathizing with the other person. It's like, okay, I really want to understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And let you know that I get it. Like I hear where you're coming from. It matters. It's valid. It feels really understandable and fair. And also I want to add my perspective to it. And yes. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, Sammy, but when I do that with people that I care about and I'm just like, yeah, I get it. I, yes, that's really fair. That's, I get why you would feel that way. I would feel that way too. Yes. There's like this immediate settling on their part. Yeah. Right. Like it's like, there's almost like, it's like the embodied sense of like a deep sigh. Like, it's like, like, yeah, it's like, it's validating to feel like, oh, okay. So this person heard me. They're hearing what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to fight to mm-hmm. continue to try to get them to, right? Like, it's like yes. almost in some ways, like the wind goes out of your sails because it's like, oh, well, okay. Then. <laughs> right. Are, like, you get it. So I don't need to like, belabor the point I don't need to keep talking about my point of view and that frees me up to listen more readily to yours yes we can actually start to have some communication well and the way that you worded this brings something up that I talk to all of my clients about when it comes to this communication piece and I think 
allowing, like validating even your own experience when you're talking about your own experience, but also being able to validate another person's and it's changing, but to, and, or like, and also, so what you just said, like, I hear you, I understand, or, you know, whatever the case may be. And here's my perspective versus, but I feel this way. It's kind of like when you get those, sorry, but, and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. Like that just negates whatever you said before. Right. Like, so right. Like, yeah, you're coming from, but so you're like, never mind. It's right. Like- but really listen to me instead. Yeah. And that's what it's like, even if someone's not meaning that, mm-hmm. that's what we hear from that. Yeah. And so it's allowing ourselves. And I think a lot of times too, when we're communicating, we may know, oh, I said these words, but it's also, if you're in an inflammatory state, did you just say those words? Yeah. Like, right. That's another kind of element of constructive criticism, um, or excuse me, <laughs> you know where my head's at right now. Constructive <laughs> communication, um, is, identifying how we're communicating in different, on different levels too. And I think when, um, we're able to kind of like validate what another person is saying, I always see it as a little bit of a pause. Like you said, there's a little bit of like, okay, we can just breathe. We're, we're both here. We're both present right now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need that for ourselves too, to pause and say, okay. And to me, that's where like the reaction and response comes in. Are we responding in this reactive way? And that's where I think in addition to acknowledging how we are present in terms of listening to another person, it's also identifying what is our, um, body saying, how are we communicating? So communication is not just the verbal words that we utilize, but it's also our body language, facial expressions and tone of voice. And so I think it's like, I oftentimes say like, check in with yourself around these things and check in with yourself. Not just when, like the next time you're in the middle of one of these communication challenges, check in right now, when you're outside of, if you're outside of one of those right now, as you're listening to this, when you're outside of the heat of the moment and ask yourself, well, how do I connect with those experiences? How am I expressing myself? Because like you said before, when, like, while we may not be feeling validated by the other person and the other person's just trying to get their point across and you're just trying to get your point across, you may also be communicating in a way that's um, not representing where you're coming from. And that's how the other person is experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I hear in that is like taking an honest self inventory, right? Mm-hmm. Like the for both parties and communication in order for it to be constructive and productive, we have to have a level of accountability, right? Like where mm-hmm. we're like, okay, I have to take accountability for how I'm presenting the information that I'm trying to share. And so mm-hmm. if I'm saying that I'm not upset, but I'm yelling and, right. you, know, and I'm, you know, making big movements with my body and like, um, then maybe I'm also sending, you know, a message that I am upset, even, even Mm -hmm. if that's not my subjective experience, right? Like it's like, okay, I might not really be, I might be just very impassioned or enthusiastic or just like, just, this is how I, like, I'm just a very gesturing kind of person, but also holding space for realistically, even though that's not the subjective intention, it can Mm -hmm. still be the objective impact like you mm-hmm. can still understand why someone might experience it that way even mm-hmm. if it's not where it's coming from so yes. there's such an important sort of dialectic happening in in communication where we are 
both attending to the other person's experience and monitoring our own and the interplay between the two where yes. we're willing to accept feedback about our own behavior. That's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not actually angry right now. And also I hear like the, the volume of my voice. And so understandable that you are experiencing it that way. Now, how do we want to proceed? Do we want is me clarifying that I'm not angry enough and I can continue at this volume or does the volume really need to be adjusted in order for you to feel like I mean what I say when I say I'm not angry, right? Like, and just, you know, not that we um, need to like, and if you really are angry, let, let yourself yell and be angry, be honest and authentic mm-hmm. about that, but noticing right. and being clear with yourself when you might, there might be a dissonance or a disconnect mm-hmm. between how you're internally experiencing something and externally presenting it. Absolutely. Well, and also that these kinds of, um, conversations can be really helpful to like actually have with this person that you're having this dialogue with, because even if like, let's say you are in that space and you're like, yep, absolutely. There's no incongruency between what I'm trying to verbally communicate and what my body's communicating. (laughs) And, and yet that's creating some, like this other person that you're dialoguing with that creates some kind of aversive negative response for them based on maybe their own past experiences or whatever the case may be. And so that can still, we like, it can still, and absolutely will still impact what that communication dynamic is. And it's, it's like deepening our understanding of that. And sometimes it does mean we have to pause this conversation and come back to it later. Or inevitably, if you you do come back to it later, you're understanding when this happened, I felt this. And that's where I think like I statements can be so helpful. So when we're, when we're utilizing constructive communication with someone speaking from your own experience and naming, it's like, um, someone the other day, uh, shared this with me and I had never heard it in this way, but it's like name it to tame it. And so it's name it to identify it. So it's not this like white elephant in the room. We're just naming it. Like, Oh, this happened. I felt this way. When this happened, I felt this way and creating that open space of even talking about the issue rather than just like avoiding it, I think can help to curb the continued pattern of miscommunication that can so often come up. What I love about what you're saying, and I think is so valuable, is this essence of not not making it anyone's responsibility, right? Like, so it's like you're naming it, you're calling it out, but it just like, so with the example of like, maybe I'm, I'm speaking loudly and that's having a certain effect for someone else, but it is congruent. Like I'm genuinely feeling this way, mm-hmm. but it's not anybody's responsibility to not be how they are. That yes. like we don't ask ourselves to not yell if we feel like we're angry and that's what's coming through just because it's not palatable to somebody else doesn't mean that we can't, it's our responsibility to be in a different place. And also it does, it's not the other person's responsibility to be where we are and be right. present to like something that is genuinely distressing for them. So how do we, like, I love that you're presenting this um, option of like, let's communicate about what's actually happening. And maybe what needs to happen is I'm not going to ask myself to not be in this place. And you don't have to ask yourself to be present to this if it's distressing to you. And what we really need to do is take a, take a break and come back to this when we're able to be more constructive with it, because it's also really important for us to each honor our experience in the moment and not ask ourselves 
to be different in order to increase someone else's comfort level. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because I, I hear a lot of times when working with clients, like, oh, I'm trying to do this, but I'm trying to do it in the heat of the moment. And I think it's like, these things sound great, but I'm a person in a relationship. I recognize that like in the moment, as lovely as that sounds, it's not always realistic. And it's also maybe not the first thing that comes to your mind. And so allowing the the place for reflection. And I think this is where, and why we talk about this so much self-awareness and plays so much into the self-accountability of understanding ourselves helps us to take accountability for the role that we play within these dynamics. And that doesn't mean that it's blaming you. It's not taking blame. It's just taking accountability for how you're presenting. And in order to do that, you have to be aware of these things. And so when you're doing that, you know, with another person within these dynamics, it's helpful to be able to reflect, but know that if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, that sounds beautiful, but that's (laughs) not really what it feels like realistically when you're in the heat of the moment, know that there can really be, I think such beauty in a pause and in coming back to, and then learning from, because I don't know about you, but I often find that these things tend to be patterns (laughs) and it's not like it's, Oh, just this one time it happened. Right. It's like, it's, it's persistent. It comes up now and then the opportunity to address this ever again. Oh no. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) And I think it, yes, to the self-awareness piece, you know, how I feel about that. And I think in addition to our own self-awareness there's like that awareness of the relationship as a third entity in a way Mm -hmm. right like so it's like there's me there's you and then there's us (laughs) and then like and that and to prioritize us sometimes we both put the me on the back burner a little bit right like and that that's not ultimately a self-injurious thing it's not like oh my needs don't matter it's that this relationship matters to me enough that I want to just hold this part of me aside for a second and see if I can look toward this other person or toward the relationship as a whole what's in the best interest of the relationship as opposed to what's in the best interest of me or you within the relationship right and like that takes a lot of regulation and not necessarily something that you can do right in the moment again you know like the, the pause is, is helpful in the, those kinds of circumstances and offering ourselves the opportunity to sort of come back to it. But I also think as much as it's valuable to know ourselves, of course, um, and be able to monitor like what's coming up for me and advocate for ourselves well and know our own limits um, in certain circumstances and when we need to walk away, like uh, past a certain point, this is not going to be productive because I'm not able to be productive right now. Like, right. I don't know about you, but, uh, or anyone listening, but I certainly have times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to be angry right now. Like I'm genuinely not looking for a resolution like I am annoyed and I'm not ready to not be annoyed so like how trying yes. to have a conversation is like not a right now thing because yes. I'm not ready to let this go I just need to feel it for a little while longer yeah I mean I think that's one of the most important parts of identifying constructive communication is knowing when it may not happen in that moment And that, that might be the most constructive thing for you is to feel what's coming up and not have the conversation during it. Mm -hmm. And that, that doesn't mean it's not constructive. It's just like, sometimes the constructive thing to do is not to have that communication in that moment, not to not have it, but it's like, 
And, and I say we, because like you said, we can only know that about ourselves and we can certainly, you know, be aware of maybe when another person may not be, um, in the right place. And we can, um, talk about that too. But I think it's like recognizing that it's okay. Sometimes if that's not where you're at, that that doesn't mean, oh, you can't, you're not a good communicator. It's like sometimes really working on constructive communication means knowing when it's not the right time, when you're not in the headspace to be there because you need to allow yourself to just feel it. And I know I will just own this for myself. If I'm really inflamed and really heightened emotionally, that's not the best time to like have a nice, calm, constructive communication. (laughs) Right. That makes me want to do something very much the opposite. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, it's like, no, I need to just be in this. And that is a constructive thing. Feeling through something also allows us to gain insight on maybe where we're coming from that we can't necessarily get to if you just kind of try to work around it. Yes. And I just want to offer that. I don't think that like you always have to be super calm and collected to have constructive communication. Yeah. Because yes. I think sometimes we let ourselves be the most honest when we are feeling a little uninhibited because we're just at this point of frustration mm-hmm. or annoyance or irritability or or pain with something that like the truth is just coming out in a very um, un-sugar-coated kind of way yeah. that, that is can be like penetrating, that can be really meaningful um, and that that's a balance, like that's a dance that yeah. is it's not going to be effective to always be in that place, even to have a whole communication from that place, but Mm -hmm. that an authentic statement made from a place of frustration or hurt or can be a catalyst for a deeper conversation, right? It might be an opportunity where you find yourself saying something that you maybe otherwise would have kept to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, And it was helpful for you to get it out into a way, like into the mutual environment. So you could both be like that naming it kind of thing. Yes, absolutely. Well, and what I'm hearing that too, is like constructive communication. We can know when like we're not in a place or when it's not an appropriate time to where it's like, this isn't going to be constructive. The other side of that doesn't mean that constructive communication is only, only looks tidy because that is not the case. And that that's not going to be authentically the case really ever. Right. Because when you're allowing yourself to be organic, um, organically connected to the emotions and the feelings that you're having, it's not always going to be quote unquote tidy. Like we kind of, um, tend to think about it and that it can absolutely come across sometimes when listening to things like this, when, you know, talking about communication, it can sound like, yeah, that sounds so great in theory, but in practice, it doesn't always come up that way. And I say like, of course, because constructive communication, communication in general, it's a process and it's ever evolving because, you are ever evolving. The person that you're communicating with is also on their own evolutional kind of journey. And, and the circumstances are always going to be different. So knowing that it's not always going to look a certain way or come out and sound exactly quote unquote, right, because it's not right or wrong in that sense. Yeah. And it's not meant to be like, and it, that that's okay, mm-hmm. that that's valuable yeah. in and of itself. And that like, I always think you know, the most important thing in a relationship is for both people to be committed to doing the work so that if you misstep, if you say the wrong thing, if you, if something comes out wrong, that you can talk through that too, that it's like, okay, we're just gonna like sort of let this be messy and clean it up together. We both know that we're 
on the same team that we care about this relationship and that like it's safe to explore this and I think that can be a barrier sometimes to communication is when we don't feel like it's safe to explore like we think um if you think that if you say the wrong thing you could lose the relationship or that there would be consequences the person won't talk to you or they'll be angry with you or um, there might be an experience of love withdrawal as a result like if we're afraid Mm -hmm. of those things then I think we have to just acknowledge that we probably won't let ourselves be really authentic Mm -hmm. in our communication because we're trying to manage relational safety and so if that is something that resonates with you as you listen to this establishing relational safety is going to be sort of the foundation for being able to have constructive communication and a really straightforward way of doing that is letting someone know like I need to know that we can do this that like this matters enough to both of us that we're giving each other the benefit of the doubt and that we're like no one's walking away after this conversation or like that you know um ending things or like not speaking or being angry is like off the table for this period of time that we have this interaction like that that's not what this is about this is about coming together even if it looks messy um and knowing that that's like that I think that that's often a reason why people hesitate to be honest absolutely yeah well because it's scary and it can feel like all this these things that I may lose aren't worth it. So I'm just going to, um, continue to kind of engage in communication patterns in the same way that's been happening. And, and I think it's like authenticity and and self-awareness is great. And it's super empowering to talk about, but it's really can be super terrifying and it takes a lot of vulnerability. Yeah. Because the alternative though, to losing the relationship is that we lose ourselves instead. Mm -hmm. That's the piece where, we really owe it to ourselves to at least try to have some level of transparency in Mm -hmm. our communication patterns and like that we're at least trying to some degree to let people know where we're at with things and see and sometimes people are able to meet us there and sometimes they're not Mm -hmm. um something that I think is also really valuable and I talk to clients a lot about is figuring out what what the other individual values, right? Like what are the like core sort of needs and values for the person that you're speaking to? Because I find like, I'll give a really concrete example. Like I find that often in romantic relationship communication, for example, Mm -hmm. one person might be very oriented toward connectivity Mm -hmm. and another person in the same relationship dynamic might be very oriented toward autonomy and freedom, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and so one person is chasing connection and another person is chasing freedom. They both want the relationship, but at the core, the values are a little bit different. Like, Like that one person is experiencing that a good relationship would feel very connected. And another person is experiencing that a good relationship would allow them a lot of autonomy and freedom. And so we are coming from a place of like valuing connection and hearing Mm -hmm. from someone who's not, who's coming from a place of freedom or autonomy, we might hear it as lack of thoughtfulness or not caring, or we might interpret it because we're interpreting it through our lens of connection. Like, oh, this Mm -hmm. doesn't even matter to them. Right. Not that that's not necessarily true. It's that they're looking at it from a different perspective or a different value base. Yeah, absolutely. That can help us bridge communication when we understand 
what someone's speaking to, then yeah. you get a better, clearer picture of why they're communicating in the way they are or what they are. Absolutely. Well, that's similar to like the five love languages and how so often to add on to what you're saying, the way that we're expressing our own values or expressing love or care or whatever that is, is oftentimes what we, how we wish to experience it too. So it's like what you talked about at the beginning of today's podcast and that, and, and it has kind of been the thread pulling us all through is so often we're like, we're on the same team. We're working towards that same outcome. And it's just, we're looking through different lenses sometimes. So if you can, you don't have to take on your um, partner's lens, but to be able to understand that, oh, this other person's looking at this from a different perspective and, and not just obviously understanding that it's a different perspective, but working to understand maybe what is informing that perspective. What are the values? Like you're saying the love language, whatever that may look like that is impacting that because it's, it can help to deepen our understanding of how to, um, better meet the needs of the relationship, our own needs and for our partner as well. Yes. I love that you tied in um, the love languages and I want to give like a really specific concrete example of this in case, Mm -hmm. um, it helps sort of just illustrate it a little bit better as we're talking about it. So for example, something that I might do for my partner is like, I might be on my way home picking up like, I don't know, an iced coffee or something for myself. I would ask him if he wanted anything mm-hmm. I, like that would be like, my instinct would be like, Oh, I'm on my way. This person's going to be there. I'm thinking of them. Do they want anything? I also do that with you, Sammy. Like, yeah. that work or like, or like, so I'm yeah. just other oriented in that way. I'm very connective. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my partner is not, not like that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it would be much more like, uh, he would assume that if I needed something, I would get it or I would let him know. So like, right. right. Like, and that's not from a place of, it's so easy to be, if you're a connective person, mm-hmm. it's so easy to interpret that as like, he doesn't care or he's not thinking of me or it doesn't, doesn't consider it him as much as he matters to me, but mm-hmm. none of those things are true in my relationship at all. And I'd be doing it quite a disservice if I let myself look through that lens. Yeah. The reality is he's very empowering toward me that like he'd be more, if I called him and said, can you go grab me this? It would be not a problem. Right. 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 Like, sure. Absolutely. Of course. But there's a lot of like trust in me that I'm managing myself. And that if I needed something, I would make it, make it known. I would like ask directly or that I would um, take care of it myself. And so there's Mm -hmm. a lot of trust and there's that autonomy value, right? It's like, yes, manage it. You know, I trust you are responsible around yourself and you know, I, you can take care of you. And I, I don't feel the need to over accommodate that. Right. And that's right. actually loving in a lot of ways. So it's like, yes. it's the same team, right? It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. we're really valuing each other, but it looks really different. However, there's that opportunity that like either one of us in that dynamic could tell ourselves a story that would be, that would do the relationship a disservice. I could tell myself that he doesn't care. He could tell himself that I'm like overbearing and I'm like, you know, like too, too engaged in like what he needs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, um, instead of seeing it for what it is, which is just two different ways of showing each other that we care. So I think like, that's just like a really sort of small example. Um, Mm -hmm. it's potent though. Yeah. Illustrate like what, what are we talking about here? How can we um, navigate that. Cause that's mm-hmm. part of the communication style, right? Because I could start 
I could get really upset if he comes home with something and just didn't ask me or whatever, then I could, that could start a fight, right? Like right. if I'm not, if I'm not willing to look from his perspective or understand his value system or see what that really means beyond how I interpret it, yes. communication is set up to fail. Yeah. Well, and what I hear in that is it's not only take his perspective and forget about yours or invalidate yours. It's the both and of acknowledging and honoring both. And I think that this, this example that you shared is absolutely accessible. And I'm sure that everybody listening can think of their own, like a similar experience within their own life, whether it be a partner or a parent or a sibling or a friend, you know, whatever the relationship dynamic is. And that's why being able to have this open dialogue of that, because you can see in that example that you gave, it's like, you're talking about the same thing, but you're, you can both be having very different conversations because in a very fair way, you're both humans and having your own perspectives of that, which is why I keep talking about the, like being self-aware. The first step of that is understanding what's going on within yourself around that. And it can help to then, um, add to that relationship dynamic when you're talking about these things. And this is one of those like overarching patterns that can then you present itself in some of the other more specific miscommunications that may be coming up. If you notice different themes, I know in my own relationship, I notice specific themes around miscommunication, right? And it's taking it a step. I kind of think of that. You can't see the forest from the trees. So taking a zoomed out perspective. All right. Whoa. Like what's going on on the great grander scale here that is contributing to this. And so often we tend toward like not giving the other person the benefit of the doubt, even Mm -hmm. though we love them, like friend, you know, no matter who it is, like, even though they matter to us and even though we care about them, we can think like, oh, they're like, this is hurtful. Like they knew it would be hurtful somehow, right? Like there's some kind of um, challenge with like, like if we assume that the person is being caring, Mm -hmm. then what's the explanation for this dynamic? Yes. (laughs) Right, like, yeah take that as the way we move into the understanding this. And I love your example of like zooming out and seeing the pattern like, oh, okay, because this is not actually about me because this is about like something that they value or something that something that's part of their perspective or worldview that just keeps showing up in the way that we interact and a way that maybe we're different and that we're like stretching each other to grow, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that can be really valuable. So. I'm not surprised that we came to a place of both and we're like yes. we are truly holistic on all fronts, like <laughs> all things. Yes. Um, I think that that's really the truth is like, it's mm-hmm. both and, and especially in all things really, but especially in communication, right? We're talking, oh, yeah. about- you're talking about at least two people. Right. And so when you go into something feeling like you're always trying to fight, find the right or wrong, there's no both and and right and wrong. And so being able to understand the abstractness that is there, because without the abstractness that we've talked about, we would never be able to kind of get to more of the specific understanding of more of the concretized patterns that may be coming up. Right. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> so we hope that this ends up carrying over into your communication this week or whenever you're listening to this. And that there's been some value here in perspective taking. And I think that that place of really uh, 
you know, looking both, both from your own, <laughs> um, and honoring and validating your own experience and really deeply trying to understand the experience of the people that you care about and that you're communicating with, um, for that sort of, Hey, we, this relationship encompasses a both, yes. both and a both of us, uh, or multiples perhaps, you know, right. Yeah. Just, um, one other person, there might be a dynamic at play there with multiple people and yeah. how do we include everyone and validate everyone within the experience that we're having. Remember that we're having this communication because we care about each other. Right. Right. And even if it's a disagreement, this isn't like trying to get on the same page or having to agree with what the other person's saying. It's just understanding that you're working together. Love it. Mic drop. That's it. Yes. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.